0: I'm excited to be back and get back into this study that we're in with you guys, the Holy Spirit. Um, We're studying the Holy Spirit, and uh, as we have done that, we've taken a pretty systematic approach to the study of the Spirit. Uh, We started out just talking about who the Spirit is, who, not what. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity, um, one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, And the next week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit worked in the lives of God's people in the Old Testament. God was not willing when sin entered into the world, um, and Adam and Eve were driven from His presence in the garden. God was not uh, willing to be uh, completely separated from His people, the people that He loved, and so the Holy Spirit came and dwelt with God's people uh, and led them, and this was God with them in the Old Testament we saw when we went to the New Testament and the Gospels that next week, we saw how dependent that Jesus was on the Holy Spirit and the incredible relationship that he had um, with Holy Spirit as a as a person, the third person of the Trinity. Jesus followed the Spirit. He walked with the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. He was empowered by the Spirit to do all of the miraculous things that he did. Jesus depended on the Spirit. The Spirit was a part of His life, we saw in the New Testament, in his, in his birth, in His life, in His death, in His resurrection, and even in the ascension. Two weeks ago, we looked at John 14, 15, and 16, those chapters, and there we saw some beautiful promises from Jesus um, about all that the Spirit would do. And how incredible the Spirit would be. Jesus said, it is better that I leave you so I can send the Spirit to be with you. And that, as we talked about two weeks ago, just an incredible statement. It's better, Jesus says, that I am not with you. Um, Jesus promised that every believer would be indwelt and empowered by the Spirit of God, that, that God would be with His people through the Spirit, indwelling them, leading them, guiding them, teaching, helping, encouraging, empowering. This is God with us until the day of our redemption, our final redemption. Um, As we've gone through all of that, we've talked a lot about the relational side of the Holy Spirit and us. That that Holy Spirit is a person and we can have a relationship with the third person of of the Trinity. And we've talked about how this is God with us, right? Like like he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And and this is true through the Holy Spirit who indwells you until the day of your redemption. We've talked about, about that relationship Side of things and the personal side, the, the Holy Spirit teaching us and leading us, teaching you and leading you. But it wasn't, it wasn't and it isn't just about you. It wasn't and it isn't just about, about us personally, although it is, and that is a, a beautiful thing. These, these promises are also about God's mission. And that's what I want us to talk about today, God's mission. God's mission is, is, is much bigger than just me and my relationship with the Spirit or you and your relationship with the Spirit. So, so let's pray this morning and then talk about Holy Spirit and the mission of God. And I'm going to ask if you would... Pray with me. Um, pray for me, pray for our time together, pray that God would be good this morning through the Holy Spirit to teach us and to encourage us, to convict us, to do all the things that Jesus promised. Would you pray that with me? Yeah, good. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for um, our time together this morning. Thank you for for Jesus, the reason that we can even now come together and, and pray each of us to, to you. Um, thank you for the good news of the gospel. We thank you for, um, for your presence with us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for, for, for being here, for being with us always. Uh, we pray now that as Jesus promised, Holy Spirit, that you would, you would convict and encourage and teach. We pray that you would do that in this part of our time together, that you would, you would teach us, that you would encourage us, encourage us in our, in our walk with you, encourage us as we, as we walk with the Lord, that you would encourage us in the beautiful mission that you've called us to, that you would convict us where there is areas of our life that we need conviction. Um, shape us, shape us more and more into the image of Jesus. It's in His name we pray together. Amen. Amen. So here's where I want to start this morning. Um, I, I want us to see that Jesus connects the Spirit to the mission of God. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit and the mission of God, I want us to see, to begin with, the the very strong connection that Jesus makes as he talks about the Spirit and the mission of God. Now, typically, um, the, the, the mission of God is not what comes to mind when we talk about the Holy Spirit. I think for most of us, if we're if we're honest, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we, we often go to the miraculous things and um, and and we we talk about the the gifts of the Spirit. Um, We debate the gifts of the Spirit and what that looks like today, and um, that's where our mind often goes. Uh, But I think it's really interesting that as Jesus was getting ready to ascend to the Father after his resurrection, when he was with the disciples, uh, Jesus didn't make that connection at all. What Jesus did was connect the mission to the Holy Spirit. So he does that in two really big places, right? So first of all, we see Jesus' promise with the Great Commission. Jesus' promise with the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, um, this portion we call the Great Commission, um, Jesus is getting ready to leave his disciples. Just for a little bit of of context, Jesus has ministered. He's done life with his disciples. He's been with them, uh, some of them for for three years. He's ministered, he's taught. Um, He's promised them that the Holy Spirit is coming. That's what we talked about two weeks ago in those promises of John 14, 15, and 16. He was promising them this, preparing them for his leaving. Jesus has been arrested. He's been falsely accused, beaten, crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected. And now he sits with his disciples, teaching them again and preparing them for his ascension. And as the ascension draws near... Jesus teaching them, he sort of gives them these walking instructions. Like, I am leaving you, I am leaving you, and, and, and here is what you do when I am away. Matthew 28, verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." Now, I say this a lot here at New City as we talk about the Great Commission. I love the Great Commission because I would have been one of those disciples who was wondering, what do we do now? If Jesus is leaving, what are we supposed to do now? In fact, it's what, what we do now is tied to the Great Commission. This is, this is not just the walking orders of the disciples, but as disciples today, these are our walking orders as well. And, and, and in the Great Commission, um, the, 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 the verb in this is not go. Like I grew up thinking that Jesus was sending missionaries to foreign places, but, but the verb in this is not go. The verb in this is make disciples. And, and, and the word that we use as therefore go is actually um, a participle, and it's, it's, it's better translated as going or as you go. So, so I'm telling you that because what Jesus was saying was not that all the disciples have to go to, to these foreign places, but as they are going about their life, here is their commission. As you go about your life, make disciples. Make disciples. That's the commission. That's the commission that was given to them. Jesus gives two parts to this disciple-making, baptizing and teaching. Baptizing is connected with the gospel. When people become believers, we, we share the good news of the gospel with them, telling them, same for the disciples, telling them who Jesus is and all that he's done, telling them about how there is salvation through faith in the life, death, and resurrection, how in him there is forgiveness of our sin, redemption, and restoration with the Father. We, we share the gospel with people, and they believe. And when they become believers, they are to be baptized. So in the Great Commission, when Jesus is talking about baptizing them, it's not just baptizing, it's baptizing believers. believers those who have come to to faith in Jesus, to trust in His work rather than in their own work. And then the the second part of the Great Commission and and this mission that is given from Jesus is teach new believers, right? So you, you, you share the gospel with them and they come to faith in Christ, and then you teach them what it looks like to walk with Him, to observe or to keep his commandments, right? So the, the, the mission, as you go, make disciples. We, we tell people about Jesus, who He is and what He's done, and then we teach them to walk with Him. That is the Great Commission. Now, in this, when, as you go, do what? Make disciples, Right? And so when Jesus is saying that, that we are to teach or they were to teach everything that he commanded, this is one of his commandments. As you go, make disciples, right? And that's important because this command goes from one generation of disciples to the next generation of disciples and the next and the next and the next and the next and the next, and the next until it comes to us. And if we are walking with Jesus, then then like these men we were and women, we too are commissioned to make disciples. This is our great commission as well. Make disciples, telling people about Jesus as we go about our life, telling people about Jesus and teaching them what it looks like to love and follow him. What the disciples would be telling others is, is that Jesus was the promised one, right? That it was, it was through him that they could be reconciled to the Father. Now, if, if you go back to where we started this whole series, this is God's mission. God's mission, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. God's mission from the beginning is to reconcile fallen humanity to himself. And one day he would restore all that was lost when sin happened in the garden and sin has been passed on from one generation to the next. This is the mission of God. So, so in the Great Commission, Jesus is calling his disciples and every disciple after them to join God in God's mission of telling people the good news of redemption and restoration. And that's found in Jesus himself, Right? So now the second half of this is really where where we want to go. The second half of the Great Commission, look at verse 20 with me. I'm going to back up to verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples, or as you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe you always have commanded to the end of the age. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." So Jesus is saying, here's what I'm calling you to do, here's what I leave you with, and think about this at at that time, like like sometimes we're overwhelmed by this mission and we feel afraid to share the gospel and, and invite people to join us in following Jesus. Imagine them, just a small group, how overwhelmed and fearful that they would be. Tell people about me, Jesus is saying, what you've seen, what you've heard, who I am and what I've done, teach them to follow me and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm calling you to this great, big, scary mission, but listen to me, you are not alone, Jesus says. I will be with you, I will be with you till the end of the age. After the resurrection, this is when Jesus is talking to them. in the days that would come, for 40 days he was with them. And then Jesus would ascend to the right hand of God the Father, where he would remain, where he will remain until the end of the age. So Jesus has just said to the disciples, Behold, I will be with you until the end of the age. Here is the mission. Here's what I want you to do. But listen, don't be afraid. I'm going to be with you until the end of the age. And then 40 days later... He ascends to the right hand of the Father, and they don't see him again. Was Jesus lying? Was Was he mistaken or misinformed? None of that. Jesus had just promised in John 14, 15, and 16 that he would send another. I want you to put this together, okay? This is, this is huge. Jesus had just promised them, I will send another like me, a helper, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be, will be with you. And the Holy Spirit will indwell you and make his home with you. And he will be with you until the end of the age. He will be with you forevermore. He will be with you until the day of your final redemption. That's what Jesus said had just promised him that the Spirit was coming. It's better that I leave so that I can send the Spirit to abide with you and make his home with you and in you, with all of you. This was God with us, God with them. It's also Jesus with them. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, In John 14, verse 18, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. He's preparing them to, to, to leave them. And he says, disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Verse 23, it says, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word And my Father will love Him, and we will come to Him and make our home with Him. Do you see that? The promise is that the Holy Spirit will come and indwell believers, and in Him we not only have the Holy Spirit, we have the presence of God with us. And it's not just the presence of God with us, but it is Jesus with us as well. It is the fighting with us and, and, and the Spirit making their home in us, abiding with us until the end. Not only was, was God Emmanuel in the, in the flesh of Jesus who walked among us, but, but he, is, he is God with us in the Holy Spirit as well. So, so what Jesus is saying is, I will not leave you as orphans. I am calling you to this huge mission of God, but you are not alone. Behold, I will be with you in the Spirit and through the Spirit until the end of the age. An incredible promise in the Great Commission. But there's, there's one other connection that is equally as large, um, coming from Jesus, connecting the mission with the Holy Spirit, and that's in Acts chapter 1, right? We, we see in Acts chapter 1 and 2 the ascension reminder of the promise and the, and the mission, the mission of God. So Jesus has been with his disciples, he's given them their walking orders, he's been with them for these 40 days, teaching them, walking with them, encouraging them, and, and preparing them for his leaving. We come to Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 6, and we read this, "...so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed for his, um, by his own authority." But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my what? Witnesses. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. This is the ascension. Where, where the Son ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he will remain until he returns for one final time. The promise that he makes here, I will and now he's reminder it. And there is a reminder for the disciples, right? He's made this promise, and now he's reminding them the Spirit is coming, and when the Spirit comes, you will receive power. Right, John 14, 15, and 16. Uh, It's better for you if I leave so that I can send the Spirit, the helper, one like me, who will be with you and remain with you uh, uh, until the end of the age. And then we have the Great Commission, and he's saying, listen, I'm leaving you, I'm going. Here's what I want you to do, But, but, but don't be worried, don't be afraid. Behold, I am with you until the end of the age. Now he is leaving them, like moments away from leaving. And he reminds them just before he leaves I, I, I have promised I'm sending the Spirit, and the Spirit is coming, and when He comes, He will come with power, and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. You will bear witness about me. You will tell, you will tell the world who I am and what I've done. You will make disciples as you go. You will make disciples in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, the power that will come with the Spirit's coming is not for, for their enjoyment. Think about it. What, what Jesus is connecting here is not the Holy Spirit coming with, with, with power simply for their, for their enjoyment or some grand emotional experience. He's saying, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will become my witnesses. You'll bear testimony of me when the Spirit comes. I I am with you in the mission that that God is calling you to. I am with you in the mission that I am calling you to. I will not leave you. I will not leave you as orphans. So Jesus promises the coming of the Holy Spirit, right? Right? John 14, 15, and 16. He reminds them of the coming of the Spirit, and he connects it with the mission in Matthew 28. And then again in Acts chapter 1, just as he is getting ready to ascend, he reminds them the Holy Spirit is coming, and when the Holy Spirit comes, it's not just a party for you, it is the mission of God that you are being called to, and he will come with power, and when he does, you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So many of the promises of Jesus in, in, in John 14, 15, and 16 of the coming of the Holy Spirit, I've mentioned this, are, are, are we, we, gracious gifts for each of us to enjoy. It's not an either or, it's a both and, right? We, we have the gracious gift of the Holy Spirit. We can have a relationship with him. We walk with God as we walk with the Spirit. He is a good and gracious gift to each of us personally. But, but Jesus also ties the coming of the Holy Spirit to, to something greater. Something greater than just you. Something, something greater than just me. He ties it to the very mission of God. So what do we see next, right, in the story, as the story unfolds? What do we see after the ascension? What we see after the ascension is the promise fulfilled and the Spirit coming, and we see the mission of God explode, explode. We just read in Acts one: eight, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth to the ends of the earth. Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father. The disciples then gather together as as they were taught to do. they gather together in a room and they be, they begin to pray together and, and 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 they prayed maybe for days. we don't know how long they prayed. they prayed together and they prayed together and they prayed together in that room and then we come to Acts chapter 2 verse 1 and we read this when the day of Pentecost arrived they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance this was it The story ramps up through the Gospels and into the start of Acts. Jesus has promised, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And this is it. As they prayed, the Holy Spirit was sent, just as Jesus promised. And he came. He came in great and undeniable power. No one in the room, none of the disciples sitting in that room that day was wondering, is this this the Holy Spirit? There was no question. This was the Holy Spirit. This was uh, the fulfillment of Jesus' promise. The room was filled with the roar of a mighty rushing wind. Think about the sound of a tornado. That's the rushing wind that they heard in in, in that room. And there were were tongues of fire. Tongues of fire visibly descending and, and, and appearing in the room and descending on each one of them. This was the visible presence of the Holy Spirit Like the Holy Spirit when he came to Jesus at at his baptism Coming in the form of a dove This was the Holy Spirit coming with the power that Jesus had promised visibly for all of them Each one of them as the Holy Spirit lit on them Began to speak in tongues Magnificent, incredible, undeniable The Holy Spirit was there Now, sometimes we get caught up in things like like speaking in tongues. Don't do that here. Don't do that. Picture this amazing moment in history. The Holy Spirit had come. The Holy Spirit had come in a mighty, mighty way, in power, just as Jesus had promised. And every believer in that room saw the Holy Spirit, and every believer in that room was filled with the Spirit. And the Spirit would dwell with them until the end of the age, just as Jesus promised Now, don't, don't think this moment was just for them, although it was, right? They experienced the fulfillment of Jesus' promise in a way that was undeniable. But this wasn't just for them, and it wasn't just about them. In verse 5, it says, Now, now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound, at this, at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in their own language. And they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language?" People from all over the world were in Jerusalem and they were there for Pentecost. Devout Jews from all over the world had come and they spoke a multitude of languages. And yet they hear, they hear the voices of the disciples as they are speaking in tongues. They hear the voices of the disciples. They hear this mighty rushing wind that's come and they gather to see what in the world is going on. And as they gather, they are, they are stunned and they're shocked and they're amazed because the tongues that they are hearing, they're, they're not some kind of babble that they can't understand. They're hearing the people speak in their own language. An incredible, incredible day where thousands have gathered. Verse 11 says, How is this possible? We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. What mighty works of God? Right? What were they hearing? What they were hearing was the disciples proclaiming God's mighty work to redeem his people. Isn't that incredible? They were were hearing the the disciples telling the gospel. They were hearing the, the disciples proclaim who Jesus was and what he had done and how God was fulfilling all of those Old Testament promises. To forgive his people, to redeem his people, to make them his own. And they were calling those people, to, the people who were listening, they were calling those people to trust in, in, in God's provision. I know that. Death and resurrection of Jesus. I know that. I know that's what was happening because if you, if you look down below that, you can read Peter's sermon. You can read Peter's sermon and you see that Peter's sermon is, is all about Jesus. And at the end of Peter's sermon to these thousands of people who have gathered, Peter calls them to repent and believe the good news of the gospel, to turn from their sin and their disbelief and and, and to believe the good news of what Jesus has done for them, to trust in his life, death, and resurrection for their righteousness rather than trusting in their own good works. And in verse 40 we read, and with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word, who heard the gospel and believed the gospel were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Is that not amazing? This is the mission of God. The Holy Spirit is coming, and he's coming with power, and when he comes, you will be my witnesses. You will bear witness of me, of who I am and what I've done, Jesus says. 3,000 souls heard the gospel proclaimed and believed it. 3,000 souls that day were added to the kingdom of God. 3,000 souls redeemed from sin and restored to a right relationship with God forevermore. Incredible. And if you, if you read through the book of Acts and you pay careful attention to the, to the mention of the Spirit, and there's a, a good number of mentions in the book of Acts of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit was doing, what you will find is that in almost every mention, the Spirit's work is very, very clearly connected to the mission of God. The book of Acts is the the unfolding story of the spread of the gospel and the start and rapid growth of the church. The Holy Spirit came with with great power, and the disciples became his witnesses, his witnesses in in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. This is a, a clear and huge connection we we see this connection in the in the gospels and we see this connection in the book of acts between the holy spirit and the holy spirit coming and the mission of god there is an undeniable connection there so so If we shift gears, right, what what does this have to do with us? What do we we leave with today? let's, Let's talk about us for a minute. Holy Spirit, the mission of God in you, let's talk about that. I want to remind you, and and as I do, I want you to to think about it with me. But I want to remind you of the promises that Jesus gave to his disciples we talked about two weeks ago. Just going to run through them. And, And I want you to think about them and the mission of God. So, so first of all, Jesus promised that he would send a helper, and he would do that for the mission. That's what we've been talking about, right? That's what he said, I'm going to send a helper, another like me. Now in those promises of John 14:15 and 16, the helper is, of course, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that he would be their helper forever. He will be with you forevermore. Uh, that, 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 that he would, another promise, that he would, as the Spirit of truth, bring light to the truth for the disciples, that he would, he would dwell with them and he would dwell in them. This, he promised, is not just the Holy Spirit with them, but it is actually God with them and it is, it is him with them as well. He will teach you Jesus promised. When the Holy Spirit comes, he is going to teach you. He's going to teach you all that Jesus had commanded. He's going to remind you of all the things that that Jesus taught you. The Holy Spirit, Jesus says, will bear witness in you and through you of who I am. The Holy Spirit will do that. In part, Jesus said, he'll do that as he convicts of sin and righteousness and judgment. He, the Holy Spirit, will guide you in truth, and he will guide others in truth as well. He will speak. He will speak to the disciples, and he will speak through the disciples. And Jesus also promised he will declare to you what is to come. These promises became a reality for the disciples as they, as, as, they, as they lived the book of Acts, right? Beginning in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came, th- these promises became their reality. When you read the book of Acts, you can see the Holy Spirit actively doing everything that Jesus promised. All you have to do is look for it. It's there the Holy Spirit was doing exactly what Jesus said. He, he, he led the disciples and many, many, many uh, hearers to the, to the truth of the gospel and who Jesus was. The Holy Spirit was teaching in the book of Acts and we see that giving understanding to the teaching. The Holy Spirit reminded the disciples of the teaching of Jesus and not just the teaching of Jesus but reminded them of all of the Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled in Him. The Holy Spirit bore witness to the disciples of who Jesus was the truth of who Jesus was and what he had done not only to the disciples but as they were sharing the good news of the gospel we just read about the day that 3,000 believed that was the Holy Spirit that was the Holy Spirit working through the words read Peter's sermon his sermon wasn't great What was great about his sermon was Peter was sharing the gospel and the Holy Spirit was at work and the Holy Spirit was, was bearing witness to the truth of who Jesus was. To the truth of what he had done, to the truth of the gospel. The Holy Spirit was at work. He was convicting of sin. Those people who heard Peter preached and, and throughout the book of Acts, the people who heard the truth of the gospel and they, they heard the, 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 the disciples saying, repent and believe this good news, the Holy Spirit was convicting them of, of sin and righteousness and judgment. And so they repented and they believed the good news of the gospel. The Holy Spirit in the book of Acts is, is guiding the disciples. He's, he's speaking the word of God to the disciples and, and through them. The Holy Spirit leads them to certain people. We talked about that in certain places and the Holy Spirit prevents them from going. And on some occasions in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit even lets them know things that are to come. He does this as he he leads them and he empowers them for the mission of God to redeem and restore. The mission of God that Jesus commissioned the disciples to in Matthew 28. Now, I I feel like you probably already know where I'm going with this, but if you are a believer this morning, this mission is your mission. The Great Commission is is your commission. As you go, make disciples disciples telling the people around you where you live, where you work, where you play, the, the, the friends that you have, the family that is yours, your coworkers, Tell them as you go about Jesus. You are His witnesses. We are His witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's us. God is calling us to this great and incredible them redeemed and restored to Him. And like those first disciples... He has promised and fulfilled His promise to you to never leave you, to never forsake you, to be with you until the end of the age. He is with you now, believer, and forever through the precious promise and the powerful gift of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 the That Paul says, the day that we heard the gospel and believed the gospel, we were sealed in this spirit until the day of our redemption forever, forever with the Holy Spirit. You have a mission. We have a mission. And we, like those first disciples, are not on this mission alone. We have a helper. You have a helper. Holy Spirit is with you. Holy Spirit is with you to lead you, to help you, to teach you, to remind you uh, uh, of what you have been taught. The Holy Spirit is with you to, to convict you of sin and righteousness and judgment. And, and, and more than just convicting you of those things, the Holy Spirit is, is with, the, with you so that through you, the Holy Spirit can convict others of, of sin and righteousness and judgment. Through you, He will bear witness to others of the truth and the beauty of Jesus, convicting them of sin and righteousness and judgment as well. New City, this, this gift of the Holy Spirit most certainly is for each one of us. And, 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 and it is a beautiful, beautiful gift. He is, he is God with you. He will never leave you and He will never forsake you. He is your helper. And He is, he is for you and he is, he is with you and He dwells with you forevermore. But I want you to hear this as well. He is yours for the good of others as well. He he is a gift in you for the world around you who does not know him. He is yours. He is mine. He He is ours together for the mission that God has called us to. And here's the truth. He goes before us. He guards behind us. And he is in us. What are we waiting for? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of this. Never alone. That you are always with us, always for us. In us. Working in us, working on us, and working through us. Father, I pray that we would we would receive the 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 good news of the gospel and and the good news as well that Jesus has has sent the Holy Spirit. I, I pray that we would be reminded that we are not alone in this great mission that you've called us to. Forgive us. Forgive us where we have not believed. Forgive us where we don't believe. Forgive us in the days to come when we, when we feel like we are alone. When we respond in fear because we've forgotten. We've forgotten that you are with us. Encourage us. Encourage us today in this beautiful news. Encourage us today in the life that you've called us to. That you are with us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We love you.